Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a very interesting week since we last talked to you. Obviously, the big story is Ida and the damage and destruction she did. Obviously, we know she came ashore as a Cat 4. It was impressive. Uh, New Orleans, and we talked about this last week, had lost power. And then, you know, the big story going forward was, okay, we know it's going to drop a lot of rain. But, Bonnie, I don't think any of us had any idea what was awaiting the remnants of Ida when she moved up the East Coast and to the poor people in Philadelphia and New Jersey and New York and New York City. Ida owes you a big apology. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. I That was some insane, crazy flooding and the tornadoes that happened in New Jersey. The fact that Ida was a major hurricane that came ashore in Louisiana, and the bigger story out of Ida is about New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia. That tells you right there what a powerful storm that Ida was. And that I know there was a whole lot of damage in Louisiana, but doesn't it? It could. I feel like it could have been worse. With how strong she was. Absolutely. And again, you know, a cat four. Coming in on the Gulf Coast is nothing to shake a stick at. We've seen it a lot lately. You know, we obviously saw it with Michael in Florida. We saw it with Ida. We've seen it with other storms in the very recent past. But you're right. You know, from New Orleans to New York City is a few thousand miles. And the amount of rain that Ida and the, you know, impact she had to sustain that long And again, it's nothing new. You know, we see tropical systems come into the Gulf and then they get swept up and, you know, they impact Tennessee and Kentucky and West Virginia and Ohio all the time. But usually it's a it's a rainmaker. Then it kind of dies out. Uh, No, this thing sustained life and then it got ringed out, you know, over the upper northeast. And it was bad. The pictures from Philadelphia and New York City are incredible. The amount of flooding into places like Connecticut, Bonnie. It's it, it's honestly mind-blowing to me. That the Those flood videos and pictures, I just could not believe. Because I was like, like, looking at them, you would think that that was happening in Alabama or Mississippi right. or Florida or maybe Tennessee. But the fact that they were all New York and Philadelphia. And let me just say, there are some really dumb people that did some really dumb stuff in those floodwaters. Yes. Let's not jump. I don't know. <laughs> Listen. It might make for a great viral video for a minute, and you might get some internet popularity. But jumping into an inner tube to, you know, paddle your way to touch the top of the overpass or the bottom of the overpass, whatever, you know, way you want to describe it, is not smart. I'm sorry. Guess what? There's probably human waste in that water. Oh, my gosh. There's and pr- who knows what else? But you can't even see pieces of metal and whatever. Are we talking about the guy that did the backflip off the bridge? Oh, yeah, that's one of them. And then the, uh, there was a guy from Barstool Sports in Philadelphia who got on, like, one of the inflatable, you know, rings and jumped in and decided he was just going to kind of, you know, slosh his way around the flooded overpass. 
And I'm just thinking like, to myself, I'm like, what, what, why, why are you doing this? And the amount of, let's talk about animals that lost their life in the flooding that yes. are all floating in that. Like there's, <clears throat> it's just mind blowing. It is. <laughs> like it, I don't even have words. <laughs> you know, you've seen the video, rats, raccoons, mice, snakes, alligators, unfortunately, kitty and doggy. So you're right. I mean, just the amount of stuff in the water, you never, ever want to jump into it, let alone try and drive through it. And, you know, I, I feel bad because there were a lot of people who lost their lives, including some first responders who were trying to help evacuate people. And the water rise was so quick, it caught a lot of people off guard. And it's just, it's a terrible story. And this is not how, you know, we want to cover tropical systems. You know, we never wish... Right you know, death or destruction upon anybody. We know, unfortunately, it's a reality of what happens with these storms, but, uh, man, I just, my heart goes out to the people in the Northeast because this should not happen for a landfalling hurricane in the Gulf. And, you know, there was just so many stories and so many videos of, like, basements that just collapsed and flooded and people who were found in the basements and basement apartments. And, I mean, New York is just not, used to flooding like that like we don't have basement apartments here in Oklahoma because I mean flooding is a thing and so it's just I couldn't imagine I just couldn't imagine and I know that they they were caught off guard unlike some people who thought they were caught off guard in Louisiana New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia they were caught off guard by Ida right and again which makes sense absolutely and we talked about tornadoes we talked about you know there was many a severe thunderstorm warning and tornado warnings issue with this. And, of course, we're telling people go to the lowest portion of your house, which is your basement. Unfortunately, the catch-22 here was that basement was flooding. And yeah. a lot of people, and unfortunately, a couple of people lost their lives because they were doing the right thing with dealing with the tornado situation. But because of the flooding, they didn't get out. And so I just... I don't know how to approach this, you know, from a weather aspect or something like that where we know that we have to do a better job of communicating the message. Yeah. And I mean, this was just an anomaly type situation, you know, where you you did not expect the strength and the power of a hurricane out of the Gulf to hold on to that strength and power all the way up into New York and New Jersey and everything. So, I mean, this is a storm that is going to be researched. And we say that a lot, but it's true that this is going to be a storm that's researched and a lot of lessons are going to be learned from it. And that's, that's all you can do because you don't know something can happen until it happens. You know what I mean? If it's never happened before. So this will be a huge learning opportunity for everybody. It will. Now, Ida's long gone. Obviously, the remnants are gone as well. The aftermath is still very evident. They are cleaning up along the Gulf Coast. They are cleaning up on that trail that she followed all the way up to the East Coast. Now, we had another major hurricane out in the Atlantic. It still is there. Fortunately, this is not going to affect anything but shipping channels, except for maybe Bermuda might stay in the Winfield. So, Major Hurricane Larry is out there churning away, sitting right now 115 miles an hour, sustained at 115, gusts a lot higher, moving northwest at 9 miles an hour. 
It will approach Bermuda, but by the time it gets near Bermuda, it will have started to make its north and northeast turn. Um, it will, you know, head off. It will affect, uh, or it will affect portions of uh, Maritime Canada, but most likely as a tropical storm or a low-end hurricane. And then we'll get up into Greenland by the time we get to Sunday as a tropical storm. So it's a beautiful storm. I mean, it is absolutely textbook. If you want to see what a really well-defined tropical system looks like, pull up a satellite photo of what Larry looks like right now because it is gorgeous. Oh, it's so, it is so good. And so lucky it's not going anywhere towards anything. I mean, the last thing that the Gulf needs or the Caribbean or anything is another major hurricane. So at least Larry's way out there and it's nice. So now it can be admired without having to be worried that it's good buddy. And so it's just, this is nature doing its thing way out far away from people. So it's nice. It's a good one. It is. If you get a chance to look at the full disc image of Ghost East, which is everything from the poles, you know, centered on the equator, this thing is gorgeous. The outflow is beautiful. It is symmetrical. If you didn't know what you were necessarily looking at, you would think this is a constellation in the Milky Way or constellation out in space. That's what the storm looks like with the outflow. Just to me. So, so yeah, I agree. It, it looks it looks so cool, and like the the eye wall is so perfect, and just it, it just looks so good. Like all the images I keep seeing, it's it's amazing. I love it. Yep, it's keep got this, it's got the stadium effect, and you can see it. And again, this goes back to the technology conversation we have a lot on this show. We didn't have Ghost East or Ghost West, our current geostationary satellites. And we're getting the, you know, rapid updates, the one and five minute updates. You would not be able to see the amount of resolution and detail in these storms. But man, this thing is gorgeous. So hop online, go find some satellite loops of Larry and just enjoy it. Other than Larry, it's kind of quiet out there right now in the in the tropics. However, there is an area that they are watching and it does need to be watched uh, currently in the Gulf. And this is, it's a slight chance it's going to move northeast, so it's going to impact the, you know, the Gulf Coast eventually. Chance of formation through the next two days, low 30%. Formation through five days, medium 40%. However, the upper air pattern is not conducive to development. Now, we have seen this movie and heard this story many times. So, true. For true. The and I mean, really... At this point, Louisiana and that area doesn't need anything, even right. if it is a tropical storm. You know, it just doesn't need any more wind or rain right now while they're trying to clean up and get everything back to normal. So exactly. Yeah. And current That's timing why it needs to be watched. Yeah. <laughs> and current timing on this is approaching the Gulf Coast tomorrow night. So knock on wood that the conditions remain unfavorable for development. And we will see what happens once it moves ashore. And if it moves out over the Atlantic off the East Coast, maybe it would form into something. But knock on wood that it just stays in very broad area of disorganized showers and we keep it like that. And I'm okay with that. So Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> yep. Uh, out in the Central Pacific, out near Hawaii, nothing expected in the next two days. However, there are two areas that they are watching in the Eastern Pacific. Uh, disturbance number two is just going to be an area of disorganized showers. However, area number one uh, looks like it will become a pretty big storm. 
and it's already getting its act together. Chance of formation the next two days, 90%. Chance of formation the next five days, 90%. It is moving west, northwest, 5 to 10 miles an hour, just off the coast of Mexico. Regardless of development, outer rain bands from the disturbance are likely to produce local heavy rainfall and gusty winds along the coast. Um, through tonight, additional information, including storm warnings, can be found in the high seas forecast issued by the National Weather Service. So, uh, looks like we are going to have a tropical system available in the Pacific, and if that is the case, uh, it would become. Where is my names? I have a, I have this bookmark, and for some reason, it keeps changing on me, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> there it is. All right. Our next storm would be do 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 in the Pacific. I believe. Isn't it like Linda or something? I believe it is Linda, yes. Boom. Boom, there Nailed you go. it. See, Pacific and Atlantic are just neck and neck right now. Neck and neck. Right, exactly. All Linda right. and Larry. <laughs> kind of sweet, Linda and Larry. No, take that back. It's not. We've already had Hurricane oh. Linda. We've had Tropics from Marty. We've had Hurricane Nora. So after that, our name is Bum Bum Bum. Hey, it's Olaf. It is Olaf, and oh. you know you know what that means? Bobby's got to find it, but I hope this is the right button. Nope, that's not it. Is this it? it there it is. You're going to have to find an Olaf song. It's always going to work. It's frozen. It doesn't matter. I vote for you finding an Olaf song, but I did like the creepy music in the beginning. That yeah, was good. That, this is the True Crime, true crime Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to B Squared, your True Crime Podcast. Yes. So I need to, I really do need to label the, uh, the hotkeys in the studio. You know what? Like you said that on every podcast for the last like decade. And I have, and I've probably. (laughs) It's on my list of things to do like down at number like 571. (laughs) So I'm going to worry about the 570 things above that first. I think you need to trim your list down a little bit. Well, we only have eight. So, I mean, I have well, a... Then you should be able to memorize them. Uh, yeah, I should. I know where our intro is. That is the top right corner. I know where True Crime Podcast is. That's the second to last on the right side. Um, I know now where Let It Go is. It's the light pink button on the bottom right side. The other ones, I know the sound effects. I just don't know what order they're in. See, you heard it, everyone. It's recorded. He knows where the buttons are. So next week, when he pushes the wrong button... Yeah, I just don't know what the like the other one. I think this is applause. Okay, so that's good. I think this is the drum. Nope, that's the other musical thing. This is the drums. There it is. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Oh, that's crickets. Um, this is yeah, that's a trombone. This is our intro. Okay, and then again, let it go. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm still not gonna label them, so I'll forget it in an hour when I'm at work. Sorry. Okay, well, maybe you should at least write it down. I have an app for that. I kid you not. I just don't use it. You are my hero. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, but so now we move from the tropics. Let's move back to the mainland. Other than that, there are just some slight areas that we are looking at thunderstorms, including in Oklahoma. I know that you have a slight risk today to your north. Is it slight? I believe so. Let me look. It moved to slight? Uh, maybe marginal. 
keep getting my hopes up and then just boom, burst from my bubble. Oh, I'm sorry. It is marginal. The slight risk is actually for my family in Michigan. And there is a very impressive line of thunderstorms that has moved over Lake Michigan and it is now going down through the lower peninsula. So I need to text my family and be like, hey, just a heads up. <laughs> hey, heads up. Yeah, here comes some weather. Yep. Uh, wind damage threat increasing across central lower Michigan, according to SPC. Lily issued uh, just about an hour ago saying a very fast line segment will reach the central west lower Michigan shore in the next 30 45 minutes. Damaging wind potential will likely increase as the air mass ahead of it continues to destabilize. I love that word, by the way. Listen, I know you and I are in school right now. We're at Mississippi State. We're going through the meteorology program. And all we have been talking about in our geography classes is stabilization. Let's make sure everything is stable. No, 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 no. We want to destabilize. We want the atmosphere to be destabilized. Right. But that's what causes the weather is the atmosphere constantly trying to make itself in balance and stable. So that's like the bare bones basic reason that you have anything, clouds, wind, whatever. Balance. The atmosphere is very like woosaw and wants balance and peace. Yes, but when it doesn't get woosaw and not rubbing its own ears, then all the fun begins. Right. Then you get Ida and Larry. Yes. And Bobby and Bonnie. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like that. <laughs> yep. So the line moving out of Lake Michigan will affect the shore of West Central Lower Michigan in the next 35, 45 minutes, as we said. So that now has passed. The line was tracking at 60 to 65 knots. So if we're doing basic math, we're looking at 75 to 80 miles an hour. Dang. That Very... forward motion alone is going to cause some damage. Oh, yeah. With the warm air mass destabilizing continues out ahead of this fast-moving line, uh, while activity may be slightly elevated currently, the potential for this to become surface-based soon exists. The threat for damaging wind gusts will increase as the line moves east. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, as we say, batten down the hatches. That's right. Is so, it batten them down or button them down? It's batten. B-A-T-T-E-N. Batten the hatches. What does that mean? Uh, it means to shut the hatches. Okay, so why don't we just say shut down the hatches? Batten down the hatches. Let's see here. Let's go through. It's to prepare a ship's hatch, especially when rough weather expected. A natural tendency in times of recession is to batten down the hatches. It's to prepare for a difficulty or crisis. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's basically meant to prepare for trouble, as in here comes the boss. Batten down the hatches. This term originated in the Navy, shockingly which signifies preparing for a storm by fastening down canvas over doorways and hatches or openings with strips of wood called battens. All right. I'll take it. Yes. So that's good. So we will batten down the hatches in lower Michigan today. Right. Batten them, not button them. Yes, correct. We don't button hatches. We batten them. Anywho, you do have a marginal risk to your north. I did. I was wrong. Go ahead. I still think, though, like, because the last several marginals we've had in the area have actually had some action. So, you know, used to, I didn't care about marginal, and now I'm kind of like, maybe I'm just desperate, but I'm just like, yes, marginal. Well, you'll take it. (laughs) I have a general, I have a just a general thunderstorm risk over northwest Oregon, 
And again, I'm looking outside right now. It's sunny skies. Um, they're power washing the condo complex I live in. And today was the day my building is being power washed. So I have water running down my windows, which I'm sure will dry and contain lots of dust. So I'm going to have to go out and clean them myself later. But I digress. Um, so we have. I bet a, that's loud. It was very loud. It was fun to wake up to at 7 a.m. this morning when they started to work. Oh. Yeah. In but here. that's when they start mowing, too. Exactly. Every Friday during the spring and summer and fall, 7 a.m. It's great when it's great when you get off work at 2 a.m. and it's just like, why, why, why? I have been that guy who has yelled at the window, turn it off. But I do. Yeah, I, you know what? You can't be responsible for what you do when you're really, really tired. I do. I do throw my voice so they can't really tell who it is or where it's coming from. Okay, Mr. Ventriloquist. That's me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> our thunderstorm risk will be for tonight. We have a lot of uh, wildfire smoke moving into the upper atmosphere, which is going to be great. It's not necessarily going to affect air quality down low, but once you get up in elevation, you will start to really notice it. So uh, they are thinking that there is a short wave off the coast that's going to come in and possibly interact with some of the warming uh, temperatures from the ground, so we will see what happens. So I might get to go storm chasing when I get done at work tonight at 10 o'clock, which would be amazing because I haven't seen a good thunderstorm in a very, very long time. So knock on wood, it happens. I know. I hope it happens for you. I hope it happens for me. I miss rain and thunderstorms and clouds, and it's been hot, and I'm over the heat. Right. Hey, I just want to put it out there. We are just about three months and a few days from Christmas. Well, we're still going to be hot the whole rest of this week, and I, yes. I'm i done. I'm done. Well, let's get into your forecast. What do you guys have coming up the rest of the week? <laughs> well, today we have a little chance of the thunderstorms like we've been talking about. Um, it's going to start to get hot again, and through the week it'll be hot. Um, humidity is down a little bit, which is nice, but a little humid. But next week, I believe it was Wednesday. We have rain chances, and our high is going to be 79. At least that's what it says now. That's a week away. But 79 degrees as a high. Woo, get out the sweaters. <laughs> oh, boy. Bust out the Uggs and the pumpkin spice latte. It's time to go full basic. <laughs> but that's how it's here. Like, it gets so hot that 79 is like, ooh, I need to So it's sad. I, I totally get it. Uh, for us, like I said, we have the wildfire smoke moving in today. We'll probably limit our temperatures. We're going to get up to around 90, which I'm okay with. I'm ready for a couple warm days, and then, you know, we can start to taper off and go into fall. Now that college football is here. Uh, by the way, how great was the first weekend of college football? Oh, that was so good. We'll talk about that in just one second. But uh, slight <laughs> chance of the thunderstorms tonight, and then it's going to be sunny, but the temperatures will progressively cool off. We'll be in the mid-80s tomorrow, and then through the weekend we will be uh, – basically cracking 80 which will be nice so temperatures right about 78 79 for highs which is perfect lows getting down into the lower 50s maybe even upper 40s so we'll have that crisp fall like feel in the air now today is the first day of school for most people um i will have to wake up early tomorrow to walk outside because there is that fresh first week of school smell generally in the fall I don't know if you all have that in Oklahoma. We have that in Oregon. So I need to uh, remind myself about how much I enjoyed going to school as a uh, We child. do have that, but it, the smell of fall does not happen at this time of year. Gotcha. 
takes us a little bit longer to get to that. Okay. Well, good to know. So anyways, it's going to be a nice weekend. I'm looking forward to it. We have the Grand Prix of Portland. The Indy cars are in town. Um, and yeah. Uh, by the way, next week's show will be a little delayed as I'm not going to be available to tape on Sunday. And I'll tell Bonnie off air why that is. But I got some cool opportunities coming up and some cool stories. So I will share that with you on the show next week when we probably tape like on Monday. Sweet. How's Sounds like for, a plan. How's that for a tease? I like teases. Me too. Well, I mean, I get to find out before everybody else. Does, yes, you do. Still. Yes, you do. Well, so check this out. Um, college football, like we talked about. Um, we got to give a shout out to the University of Oklahoma who did something pretty cool. And we've seen this a lot with COVID about, you know, COVID plans change things and other, you know, natural disasters change things from time to time. Well, last week, the University of Oklahoma was scheduled to fly to New Orleans and take on Tulane and play a college football game. Obviously, with Ida coming through, they made the determination, well, you know, we can move this game. The University of Oklahoma can host us. We'll just move the game to Norman and you know, call it good. Now, the University of Oklahoma, you know, did a really cool thing and put the Tulane logo on the field, which I thought was really classy of them. Um, Nobody wants to lose revenue when you host a college football game. And again, if you're a college and you have football, that's a major source of revenue and home games are a big part of that. So obviously it's a lose-lose situation where you're not playing at home. You're now a road team. You're going to lose some money on, on the gate and the takeaway. So... I'm sure the University of Oklahoma compensated them or, you know, gave them some money to to help with this. But uh, props to those guys. But, man, the first weekend of college football has come and gone. It was pretty impressive. There were a lot of great upsets, and I'm so ready for just, like, really big games. And, you know, my school, the University of Oregon, has a big one this weekend as they travel to Columbus to play Ohio State, a.k.a. Little Brother. That's not your school anymore. It's Well, it listen, once a duck, always a duck. My shoes even say that. <laughs> but yes, I may. I'm you, a, I guess you can have two schools. I'm I'm a happy bulldog. See? Aw, little happy bulldog. That's so cute. <laughs> Go Mississippi State. What, what? Woo! So, I'm fired up about that. Now, with that said, you know, I'm glad college football is here. It's fall. Bring on the fall weather and bring on winter because I'm ready. I am ready too, but I have one question. Yes. What is Tulane's um, mascot? They look like octopus. They're the green wave. Oh, that's nice. Yes. What is that? What is a green wave? Uh, I will tell you. Hold on one second here. I'm actually logging into our Mississippi State account and I have to do the dual authorization thing. So They're all about security. They are, and that's a great thing. Tulane Green Wave. The Green Wave. Let's see here. What is a Green Wave? Yeah, it's a fighting Green Wave. I don't know why. I don't know why the the wave is angry, but it is. Well, because it's fighting. Oh, I guess. But like, but like Green Wave, as in like green water. Hold on here. I'm trying to find out. Why is Tulane a green wave? 
It's adopted during the 1920 season after a song titled The Rolling Green Wave was published in the Tulane Hullabaloo. That's apparently their student newspaper. <laughs> From 1983 or 1893 to 1919, the athletic teams of, of Tulane were known as the Olive and Blue for the official school colors. However, they are now the Green Wave. So they're named after a song. Oh, it's a song. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Yes. More the, power to them. Yep, the Rolling Green Wave. <laughs> That's fantastic. Hey, you know what? We need some weirdness when it comes to mascots, so that's fine. We do. It's different. That is very true. I mean, you guys are, you know, in Oklahoma, you have the cowboy and you have the Sooner Schooner. Out here in Oregon, we have ducks and beavers. Good Lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh no. Beavers turned into one of those words like moist, you know, it's yeah. like you can't. Yeah, you just can't. <laughs> and there are so many I mean, just so many things. So many things. <laughs> I have so many stories, but we're not gonna go there. Anyways. Um <laughs> Yeah, good times. But with that said, uh I'm glad college football is back. And that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, me too. It's All about right. that time and I'm ready for basketball to start too, so it's gonna be good. Cannot Wait. Cannot wait. All right. Bonnie, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.